630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot saved Talbot. Rebound Tomlin Lupin. Wrist shot Martinez saved Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds. Wrist shot Martinez saved made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers. 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry Settle waits. There's a center pass. Left Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. We're counting down to the showdown Friday night. Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Doesn't get any better than this in late July. The 4-0 Edmonton Eskimos against the 4-1 BC Lions. Both teams have won four in a row. The only team to beat the Lions was the Eskimos way back in week one. Now, of course, the Eskimos still dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, three guys that we'll keep an eye on throughout the week to see if they be, uh, are available for f- uh, Friday. Daquan Bowers, who's been great on the defensive line. Blair Smith at linebacker. Man, the linebacking position just getting beat up for the green and gold. And Kendall Lawrence, who's been returning kicks. Now, they could have Ladarius Perkins or Chris Edwards in the return game, but uh, unfortunately for the Eskimos at this point in the season, more guys injured than coming back from injuries. Hopefully that changes as we move along throughout the year. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. My name is Reed Wilkins. Yeah, Eskimos versus Lions. Riley versus Lule. Travis Lule has been brilliant coming off the bench a couple weeks ago to help the Lions win, and then he outdueled Matt Nichols and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in this past week, and I'm pleased to welcome Travis Lule to the show right now. Travis, you're on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, good to talk to you, and a lot to talk about. And Before we, we look ahead to Friday's game and some of the stuff you've been going through, I, I mean, man, what a game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Is that one of those you're just uh, that's just a joy to play in, or, or what was your experience in that one? Yeah, I mean, just a classic CFL game. Um, and one of those games, you know, you kick a field goal with less than a minute to play. We're down 15 in the fourth quarter. We score 18 unanswered to win. Uh, you know, safe to say that's one I'll remember for a long time. Is that one of those, I mean, is there a point in the second or third quarter where you just kind of figure like, okay, this is one of those games we might have to score 35, 38, 45? Because, <laughs> you know, some games maybe you feel it's a defensive struggle, but that one was totally on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, well, you know, we we had a great first half offensively, uh, and we only took a six-point lead into halftime, right? So it was 27-21, uh, as much good things as we did like i said we're barely up one score and then they they took the lead right out of the right out of the break so yeah i mean it felt like that really for mo- for most of the game that it was gonna gonna be one of those games that uh, we might have to score uh we might have to score last not just score a bunch but score last and uh you know they they took the momentum in the third quarter uh but it still felt like we were just a player two away and i kind of had an unlucky break with the interception lateral return for a touchdown we find ourselves down 15 but we, great, we regained our footing just in time, and defense came up with some stops and allowed us to come back on offense and uh, you know, just made for, made for a memorable night. Travis, you, you've been able to throw for over 400 yards each of the last two games. Uh, you know, you've, you've, you've had an interesting career because you were an MOP, you were a great cup MVP, 
And, you know, then obviously you, you had some tough injuries. Just give us a sense, to, you know, of, of, of your health. How is it that, that you're feeling? Because you had some kind of uh, comebacks before, obviously, that, that, that didn't quite go your way in the end. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, but now it, it feels good to feel good. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's been a long time coming. I, you know, like I said, I did, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, football isn't always fair and life isn't fair. And, you know, I, I dealt with the injury bug for a while. And, um, you know, I just, I, I was fortunate to have good people around me. Uh, I was fortunate to, to heal up. I mean, I worked my tail off to try to bring my arm back. I didn't know for sure how it would ever be. Um, after that surgery I had and at the end of the 13th season, you know, came into the 14th season not quite ready, and I dislocated my shoulder again that I had just had operated on nine months before after a grueling recovery. Uh, and, you know, I thought there was a chance that that could be the end, um, and that's just the way it would be. But the end of 14, you know, the club expressed interest in, in uh, you know, maybe me coming back uh, and trying to be healthy again. And so I, I, I took that opportunity and continued to rehab. And it wasn't, it wasn't ready to, be, to begin the 2015 season. Training camp was still a struggle that year, but I, I got ready just in time for the season. I took limited reps early in the year. And, uh, you know, and then in a strange turn of events, I, I tear my MCL in my knee. Uh, funny enough, that allowed my shoulder time to heal. Uh, but also John Jennings was born in that, in that time I was out with my knee. And so... I came back at the end of 2015, and we now had a young guy playing great for our football club, uh, but it was the first time my shoulder started to feel good. It was really the tail end of 2015. And I came into camp last year, 2016, felt, felt really good and felt good all, all of last season. I really started enjoying football again when every waking moment wasn't devoted to extra rehab or treatments or things like that. You know, but John stayed healthy last year, so there was no opportunities on the field. or just they were few and far between. I had a few stints, and I felt like I – you know, played okay in those small windows. Uh, but, you know, you just keep your head down and, and know, you know, in this in this business, I mean, I've seen it a, a bunch of times. It's, it's the rarity when, when the starter can play all 18 games. Uh, just across the league, that's how it's been since I've been in the league. And so, you know, this is the time I've been called on for my team, and I've just, you know, been fortunate so far to take advantage of that and, and play well enough to pick up a couple wins. But another big test this week, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean that's that's an incredible recap of of just the what you've been through the last years and how you've stuck with it and and you mentioned you've had some you know people in your life that that have uh, you know helped you find some strength can, can you give me a sense of of maybe who a couple of those those people are because you know you mentioned maybe there's there's question marks or you worry about your future and there's this other young quarterback who's goes out there and lighten it up some days who's who's uh, been a rock a couple of people have been rocks for you through this time yeah, I mean, my biggest thing has been my family at home, uh, my wife and kids. And, you know, I think having kids uh, prior to the injury was, was really a blessing because it just kind of puts the entire uh, life experience into perspective a little bit. And, you know, I can I can say, if, you know, I got to the point where I said, look, if I never play another down of football, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay because, I you know, I have, I'm so fortunate in other areas of my life. And, uh, you know, my wife and I have been together for 10 years and since high school, so she's seen all the ups and downs, ridden that with me, and just, um, you know, has just kept kept home as, uh, you know, sound and uh, as much of a, a sanctuary as it could be, you know, during those during those tough times through injuries. And so obviously um, the people around me, too, uh, you know, uh, Wally giving me opportunities to, to heal up. You know, there's a lot of teams and um, front offices who may have said, you know, we – 
we wanted Trev to be the guy, and he was he was hurt, and so we just make a business decision. But they, uh, you know, they saw hope in me, and they they knew that I would put in the work to um, to have an opportunity to be healthy again. So it's kind of it feels good to be able to reward the club's loyalty to me in that sense. You know, obviously my role had changed, and things have changed, and 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 that's that's life. Uh, but just having that opportunity, it, it feels good to be able to you know repay them, like I said, and. You know, and then I've had uh, just a number of tremendous teammates. And, uh, you know, for me to be able to step into a game and I'm, I'm lining up with familiar faces and guys that believe in my ability, um, you know, having guys be on the field with Nick Moore and Manny Arsenal. And I played with Brian Burnham some in 2015. Um, you know, Marco's been here since uh, in 2011. Um, all his offensive linemen, Cody, has seen me play and been around me as a leader on this team and Hunter Stewart. And so there's enough guys that just know me well enough as a player that gave me confidence to play you know guys weren't looking at me cross-eyed when i came into the huddle the other week in hamilton um so it really really is the people around me giving me extra confidence to to just let loose and and play and play like the player they believe me to be and um you know so that that's obviously that that gives me a better chance of success bc lions quarterback travis lule joining us on inside sports tonight you know travis i didn't have this in my notes to ask you this but when you were just talking about your wife and family sort of occurred to me um i don't know if you want to have some fun with this one or what but what do you think is the worst part of being married to a pro football player (laughs) (laughs) uh a week after a loss that's probably the worst part uh joke about it all the time and we, we, as emotionally as attached as, to, as we are to these games, right, we work so hard for this one, two-and-a-half-hour opportunity once a week. Uh, and so it's obviously disappointing when, when you don't get the result you want. And, you know, when we do win, we always say, you know, the birds chirp a little louder, the sun shines a little bit brighter that whole next week. And uh, uh, so, you know, especially after a loss or maybe a two-game losing streak, we can be a little testy. Uh, or, or our, our attention can wander. Uh, but, uh, you know, fortunately for me and, and most of the guys I know, um, we, we, we married up, and it's for, for good reason that, we, you know, we have strong, strong-willed women around us to help us be the best we can be. Travis, you know, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Wally Buono a few times, and he always has something really, really wise to say, and he's, he's so good at kind of explaining things and simplifying them. And I asked him about quarterbacks last year, and he said, look, a lot of guys can throw the ball really far and read a defense, but it's leadership and composure that often put guys over the top. Um, you know, when you, when you hear Wally saying that and think of some of the guys, including yourself, that he's brought into the league, that must really resonate, eh? Well, there's no question. Uh, it's funny because, you know, people often give Wally, you know, credit for finding, quote, quote, unquote, finding quarterbacks. Uh, but I tell you, one of the one of Wally's greatest strengths is, is being able to read the mental capacity of players. Uh, you know, because, I mean, we are in a time in history, you know, in the, in the sports, in the recruiting world, in the scouting world where we're obsessed with, you know, height, weight, 40 times, uh, his hand size all these measurements, but what really does separate a guy who's going to be a good pro from a guy who, you know, maybe looks good in Skelly but doesn't perform on game day is exactly what's between the ears. And it's so hard, particularly at the quarterback spot. It really is oftentimes difficult to know what you're going to get when a guy is faced with adversity. So, uh, you know, I think Wally 
Uh, I mean, it's not just a quarterback position, but who's mentally tough, who's not. What, uh, defensive lineman, is he, is he hard-nosed? If he's gotten cracked, is he going to get get upfield in the next play? I mean, but that's so important at the quarterback spot because you really have to have singular focus on every single play. And if you get inside your own head and you think about a throw you made last week at practice, so you're, you're gun-shy on game day, um, you just can't play at the at the level that the guys around you need you to play. And so, um, you know, and it is it, it's a mental challenge. Uh some guys have it and some guys don't, um, but Wally is is pretty good at identifying that. And, you know, and we're talking. You know, we're playing Edmonton this week, and Mike Riley was that. You know, he was that guy with us a few years ago, and uh, you know, I had been that guy before. You know, having lost my first start and I threw a late interception, and Wally just said, "I hope you." He said to me after the game, I "Remember, he said, uh, you know, I hope you're from the school of hard knocks." And I, I I knew what he meant. He, you know, he's saying, "Listen, if if you can if you can get up and brush yourself off, you're going to be fine." If you're if you're mentally going to let that shut you down, you know that could be you know who you are as a player. Um, so it's 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 a choice. It's a it's a chance to respond. And Mike was had his back against the wall in training camp with us in 2011. And another guy, young guy, they brought in that they liked. Uh, they were giving him some opportunities. But when Mike had a had a window of opportunity in the fourth quarter, he played and played great. And having battled through that adversity of of maybe another guy getting some reps and and. And being able to overcome that and play well uh, when he knew that they were giving another guy opportunities, uh, well, that's what that's what Wally saw in Mike and Mike, and, and that's why he kept him. And Mike, you know, obviously developed into a good backup, and then became a franchise quarterback a couple years later. So, um, you know, you do have to give Wally credit for being able to, to see those things. All right, Travis, last one. And I'm not going to ask you the standard questions about Mike Riley because everybody knows about your friendship and your mutual respect, and you guys are both tough and all this. So I'm going to ask you this. Uh, who's a better trash talker, you or Mike? Oh, I tell you what, Mike. Mike is is pretty witty, <laughs> and when 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 Mike was a, a two and a three here, uh, that was one of his roles in the locker room. He was like the locker room jokester, always pretty quick witted. But Mike will tell you that I I'll have comebacks for him now. I I might be I might be quiet more often. Uh, in general, but I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna let it slide. When he throws a zinger, he's gonna get one right back. So I think we we can we can match up pretty good. If we had a, if it was the two of us on a podcast, I feel it would be pretty dang entertaining. At least Mike and I would think it was entertaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, Travis, thanks for making time for us here at 6:30. Chet in Edmonton, uh, an incredible uh, early season showdown between two teams. Both have won four in a row. It's gonna be fun on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium on Friday. Thanks again for your time. You bet. Looking forward to it. Well, that is some great stuff from Lions quarterback Travis Lule. Some of the uh, more humorous or lighter variety about trash talking against Mike Riley and uh, what it's like to be his wife, uh, to be Lule's wife. But uh, really cool observations about uh, Wally Buono and how Buono said to him after throwing an interception, I hope you're from the school of hard knocks, and how Wally Bono has often built successful teams by worrying about character and perseverance and those qualities as much as the stats and height and weight that you can measure. Great to have Travis on the show. Thanks to the uh, BC Lions for lining him up. Now we'll be going after him, right, on Friday night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. You can reach us here at Inside Sports by texting 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We have plenty more to come. I also want to let you know that the Blue Jays are up 4-0 on Oakland in the top of the fourth. We're coming right back. 
This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, unfortunately, Adarius Bowman on the six-game injured list for the green and gold. But Bryant Mitchell did a great job coming in last week against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. BC on Friday. You just heard from Travis Lule, who uh, came off the bench couple of games ago threw for over 100 over 430 yards and then had another 400 plus yard performance against Winnipeg on the weekend that was an exceptional game there have been some good ones in the CFL this year including last night Toronto beating Ottawa on the last play another dramatic finish now remember our broadcast on Friday is six o'clock for the countdown to kick off 7.30 for the start of the game. And then next Friday as well, the 4th of August, same times as the Eskimos are home again facing Hamilton for uh, the second and final time this season. So we got you covered for all your Eskimos play-by-play here on 6.30 Chet. I can also tell you, and uh, hey everybody, you know I'm not hip with the music. Kellen, uh, Kellen I, I don't know if you can help. As, as much as I love you, I'm not sure you're I, hip with the music yeah, either. I, <laughs> but some people will think this is pretty hip. Uh, but no, it is cool. Uh, who is it? The guy last year, if they had Flo Rida yes. performing at halftime. Mm. Uh, Sean Paul is going to perform at halftime of the Eskimos and Lions game. Uh, apparently, mm. he's a Grammy Award winner. There we go. Sean Paul. Yeah, I have heard the name. I couldn't tell you a song or the style of music. That's That's my own personal weakness. But I'm sure a lot of people think, hey, that's great, Sean Paul. He's got two first names. That's hip-hop, R&B, and uh, that's not my genre. So I choose not to act like an expert in it. All right, that's (laughs) fine. Also, remember this, that uh, the Oilers, all tickets for the 17-18 home season are going to go on sale Tuesday, August 1st. So that's a week from today at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, they will be available through edmontonoilers.com. So if you want to try to get Oilers tickets nice and early, and I have a feeling that a lot of people will, uh, edmontonoilers.com next Tuesday at 10 in the morning. All home games are going to go on sale. So uh, remember that as well. You know what we're going to do? This will be fun when we get back. We're going to go to Vegas. Brian Blessing is the host of the Vegas Hockey Hotline. We'll talk, uh, I don't know what we'll talk about with Brian. Maybe we'll just talk about sports in Vegas in general. Because they've ne- they've had pro sports, but they've never had a team in the big four, right? I, the NHL, Major League Baseball, yeah. uh, NBA, or NFL. And they're, they're going to get an NFL team. Uh, as well, and they did have a CFL team a long time ago. I don't think Brian was uh, was working when they. Yeah, had that I noticed team. the air quotations with pro sports there, Reed. Well, so they, they have had minor league hockey. They've yeah. had, they have had minor league hockey. Now mm-hmm. they have NHL. So we'll check up with Brian, and you'll also hear a little bit from Jason Moss and Mike Riley too, looking ahead to Friday's game. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Riley takes the snap and drops back. Riley, he wants to go deep. He is going deep. He's got a man, and it is complete. And to the end zone. No, just knocked down inside the five is Brandon Zilstra. What a swing in this game. A huge play. Well, that's taking you back to that week one showdown between the Eskimos and Lions. And what a scenario that was. The Eskimos get the ball after BC tied the game. Don't forget, BC had a chance to go ahead. And the extra point moved back to the 32, as it has been for a couple of years. 
was missed, so it stays tied. So then the Eskimos get the ball, and you think, okay, uh, you know, drive down, try to get, you know, maybe 40 yards, kick a field goal. Instead, they go deep. They go deep on the first play of that drive, get 73 yards to Zilstra down to the three. Then they milk the clock down to uh, to nothing and kick the field goal to win with no time left. It has been uh, four dramatic victories for the Eskimos, all by single digits. It'll be a tough one against the BC Lions on Friday night. All right, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Some quick hockey notes. New York Rangers and Mika Zibanejad avoid arbitration. Five years, average annual value, 5.35. Buffalo Sabres and goaltender Robin Leonard avoid arbitration. One-year deal, $4 million bucks. Also avoiding arbitration, uh, Matt Nieto and the Avs, one year, one million bucks. And the Montreal Canadiens signed defenseman Mark Streit, one year deal, $700,000. Some hockey notes. Of course, uh, a lot of the hockey notes over the last couple of months have inv- uh, uh, revolved around the Vegas Golden Knights, new addition to the NHL for the upcoming season. They will be in the Oilers division. So uh, you'll get to see them a few times throughout the season. And Brian Blessing is the host of the Vegas Hockey Hotline, KSHP Radio 1400 in Las Vegas. He's uh, quickly become a friend of the show over the last uh, 18 months or so. Brian, great to have you on. How are you doing? Great, buddy. Good. And you too. Right back at you. We can't wait for you to pop down here and catch a hockey game. I'm going to have to try to come. Maybe I can make it a, a business slash a pleasure trip and come down. and Because I, I don't travel for the road games. But maybe I can I can make an exception to uh, to go to Vegas. That would be fun. Because I, that, that's going to be the order of the day. I mean, for all the visiting teams, believe me. I know people back east, specifically my friends in Buffalo. I know a bunch of people from Detroit. And they were bitter. I mean, the Red Wings are coming here October 10th, and the Sabres are October 17th. And they're like, you're kidding, right? You could give us a game in January or February? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's a very good point. It, it, it is going to be uh, an additional southern destination for the National Hockey League. You know, Brian, I, I, was, I was thinking, um, you know, because I love having you on, because you, you know, you got great stories, you got good observations, but we've done the whole... Uh, you know, we've done the whole routine where, okay, I'll be the Canadian skeptic about an NHL team in Vegas, and, and then you can That'll tell work. you can tell me how it is because we know we know we're, we know it's going to work, and I think they're they're probably going to jump in and be a lot more stable than some existing markets, Carolina. But that's another that's another story. Uh, but this, I mean, we we should remind people this is not the first time there's been hockey in Vegas because there's been minor league hockey there for quite a while, right? Well, the Las Vegas Thunder, and that was before I got here, uh, was very popular. And, it, you know, back in the day, I mean, there were some big-name players. Pavel Dimitra, Cujo played here. Clint Malarczyk, Alexi Ashton. So they actually had some really good teams. And then after that, in the ECHL, you had the Las Vegas Wranglers, and that's when I was here. And, Reed, I'll tell you, they played the games over at the Orleans Arena, which is this really cool 7,000-seat arena that they stage holiday basketball tournaments, uh, all kinds of college basketball games that are played there. Not a bad seat in the house. And their game presentation was as good as anything in the NHL. And no knock on the guys that played there. You know, at times it was glorified bar league hockey, but 4,000 people were there hooting and hollering, having a great time. So it really was the precursor to knowing that there were hockey fans in this market. Well, and that was... uh, I mean, probably some some unpredictable uh, hockey games. <laughs> Maybe you oh, know. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, they didn't put him on the wagering board then, but they could have put over under penalty minutes. I mean, you know, uh, you wouldn't be adverse to seeing about uh, seven or eight times the gloves would be dropped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. And I, I was saying to I was saying to my studio producer before the break because I said, you know, Brian's coming up, and Vegas has been that city where. Um, you know, there, it hasn't had one of the big four, right? I mean, you haven't had NFL, though that's common. You haven't had hockey, though that's there. You haven't had baseball. You haven't had NBA, though you have had the NBA All-Star Game, and you've had NHL awards and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I got to tell you, Brian, like when I, when I think of Las Vegas, I guess this goes back to me as a teenager, and I, I lived in a, a rural area where I got two channels, but I would follow NCAA men's basketball through Sports Illustrated and scores in the newspaper, and then I would usually get to watch the Final Four at a buddy's house. But when, pe- when people say to me Las Vegas, I would often think, yeah, UNLV, Tarkanian, you know, uh, Stacey Ogman, guys like that. Is that, we'll see what happens with the hockey team, but is UNLV and NCAA the dominant uh local sport or group of athletes, or how would you characterize that sort of popularity? Well, the, the one thing I would say is that it shocks people, but this is a, an incredible community, and it's a great place to live. That being said, there are a number of transplants, guys you know, guys like me that have come here but now have embraced this as home. Those that have been here forever, uh, in fact, I implore them, turn the page and move on. You had those great UNLV basketball teams, and it was UNLV basketball was the deal in this city. And unfortunately, they're always held to the standard of something that will never be repeated. That was like an NBA team that was playing back in those days with Greg Anthony and Augman and Larry Johnson. Uh, but UNLV is very big here in the community. But it was time. I mean, it's 3 million people now. And I would venture a guess. There are 80,000 people that live here from Chicago, 50,000 people that move here from Philadelphia and go right on down the line. And those are people that grew up with hockey roots. And I, I think it's just flat out going to be a home run. And then there'll be the community pride. Read, yeah, the NFL's coming. And I, I honestly, uh, I could care less. At least Vegas didn't go and vulture and steal the Raiders. They came here. Uh, being from Buffalo, I'm very very much defensive about anybody trying to steal somebody's team. But I'm just thrilled that this hockey team is here. And it's truly Las Vegas' team. It's brand new. It's not some other team coming here. Uh, I, I just love what you said about that old UNLV squad being like an NBA team. Weren't they probably uh, paid better than some NBA teams at the time? Oh, yes, I went they, there, Brian. Have, <laughs> I, I don't know. That. Like you said, I wasn't here yet, but they played like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I couldn't resist because obviously there were some uh, allegations surrounding, <laughs> surrounding that team. Uh, I, I think, you know, not only was he biting the towel, but I... I think he knew his way around the rules, uh, old Sark, a little bit. But, but I'll tell you what, he's beloved in this community. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, because all cities have that era. And I, and I love how you worded it, turn the page and move on. Because I've said that about the, ni- the late 70s and most of the 1980s here in Edmonton. It's a blessing that the city got to experience five Grey Cups in a row and Warren Moon and then another one in 87 and obviously Gretzky and five Stanley Cups in seven years. But it's a curse because sometimes people old enough, well, why can't we just repeat that? 
You know, why, do, why oh, don't yeah. the Eskimos do a two-quarterback system like they did with Moon and, T- and Tom Wilkinson? And uh, why don't we have, uh, you know, somebody like Dave Semenko, who recently passed, to beat everybody up? I mean, things change, right? It's a blessing and a curse to have that history. Oh, but listen, uh, again, I, I throw out my Buffalo roots. I mean, for my whole youth growing up, and then I was a beat reporter for the Bills for 14 years. I went to four straight Super Bowls. Uh, you know, yeah, no, they never won. And unfortunately for them, they're a punchline. But trust me when I tell you, no other team in the future of the sport will ever go to four consecutive Super Bowls. Uh, but it, there's been a drought of epic proportions. It's been 17 years since they've made the playoffs. They haven't had a good quarterback since Jim Kelly. So, And I always love Bill Foley, and I appreciate his go get him attitude. When he says playoffs in three and cup in six, I'm like, Easy, Sparky. These things don't grow on trees, okay? I'm a Sabres fan. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're the least. You know, all these teams, I mean, consider yourself fortunate. What's it like to just win one? You guys had a, you know, you've got one for the thumb. Well, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of hope maybe Edmonton can start on on the second hand sometime in the near future. Brian Blessing joining us, Sportsbook Radio, Hawk, Vegas Hockey Hotline out of Las Vegas. Okay, we're kind of we're kind of meandering, but give me a sense. Uh, so we know there there has been a, a, lo- there's a history of minor league hockey in Vegas, UNLV, uh, you know, NCAA sports, uh, big south of the border. Uh, what I mean is, there still AAA there? Is there any form of any, any oh, yeah. form of soccer? Like, what else is going on? No, we've got fifty ones. They're a AAA team, and uh, you know, for years they were the Dodgers AAA affiliates. So a lot of great baseball players cut through here. It's pretty tough playing baseball in one hundred and ten degree heat. Uh, but no, they've got baseball here. In fact, they, uh, I think it's not in the too distant future. Uh, it's close. It's not official, but it's sure leaning that way. The Golden Knights world-class practice facility is to open August 15th, and there's a big plot of land right next to it. And there's talk that they're going to build a baseball stadium right next to the hockey uh, practice facility out right down the street from me in Summerlin. So I think that that will be the next big thing that comes here. Um, I think there's a, they're working towards Major League Soccer. They just got a lower-tier soccer team that's going to play here. Uh, but I think they're anxious to get in the MLS. Um, slowly but surely, it's just the nature of the beast with this thing growing leaps and bounds every month with people moving here. There's still a lot of dirt and sand and rocks and cactus plants that they could mow down. Right. Uh, there's a lot of room for a lot more people. I don't know how much water is here, uh, but there's a lot of room for people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brian Blessing joining us on Inside Sports. Somebody texted in uh, and said, will Las Vegas have a farm team? Is, is, not, will, is not Chicago the AHL team? Didn't they sign that already? The Wolves? Uh, they are the front, they're the primary uh, AHL affiliate will be Chicago, and Vegas is the primary team. Uh, St. Louis will, I believe, share a few players with them. Uh, and it's funny, I mean, I mean, it's not optimum. It's not right around the corner, but the beauty of Chicago, literally there are probably, I, I don't know, I would think in the neighborhood of probably a dozen to up to 20 direct flights a day from Chicago to Vegas. So you need a player, a guy can get here and two and a half, three hours, so um, Chicago's it. Okay. Uh, Brian Blessing joining us. i got a couple more for you. I have a little fun here with uh, your Buffalo connection. Is is Buffalo the most Canadian you can be without living in Canada? 
Yeah, it's pretty strong. I mean, it's, <laughs> but that's one of my, one of my, my drink of choice is a vodka and iced tea, which obviously in Canada is a beloved ice pick. Uh, down here, I can't get a vodka and iced tea. I mean, it's, it's the unsweetened tea. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> but in Buffalo, it's, I mean, you've got, you've got Tim Hortons all over the place. You've got the Peace Bridge, Fort Erie right around uh, the bend. And, and obviously, uh, you go to the Escarpment in Niagara Falls, which is 20 minutes from Buffalo, you can see Toronto from there. As the crow flies, it's 30 miles, but it's only a 90-minute ride around the lake. So there's a great rivalry, Buffalo and Toronto. The beauty of it being a border city is we get CBC and sports that we get CTV. And, uh, you know, so we are very much in tune from in Buffalo to what's going on in Canada, just like Toronto gets all their American news and TV from, from Buffalo, actually. But, yeah, it is. It, there's a great rivalry, but there's a kinship, too. All right. So uh, you, you were in Buffalo. Uh, you moved to You I mean, you've been in Vegas, uh, what, over a decade now? Yeah, 2005. Scary. Yeah. Okay. So when you when you I, let me sort of a personal type question, but you moved from Buffalo to Vegas. What maybe what was something you might have had reservations about or a misconception you had of Vegas that once you became a resident you were like, oh, that's that's not true at all. This is this you know that's a stereotype. Well, the funny thing was I knew about it because my son went to UNLV and we used to come out here on vacation. Uh, and basically what prompted it, I'd like to think I'd still be doing the Sabres games. Uh, I was doing the Sabres post-game show, and we used to get calls from Edmonton all the time. I did it with Mike Robitaille. It was called Hockey Hotline, and they went bankrupt. And that, that was really the, the genesis of me saying, well, uh, if I'm ever going to make a move at this stage in my life, now's the time. So that kind of prompted me to do it. But I knew about the community. Um, and you know, what's scary is the people that have been here forever. I mean, they're, they're some of the main drags of five blocks off the strip. They go, that was the desert. And when I got here, uh, now it's so much further out. You think everybody gauges how long they've been here by where is the rim of the desert now because it just <laughs> keeps expanding out. Oh, that's uh, that. Yeah, that's that's amazing because uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 pretty cool. So you've seen exponential growth even since you've been there, eh? Oh my God, it's it's, it's unbelievable. And the thing that's terrifying is, like, even the practice facility is a small example of it. That thing is ballooned up. It's ahead of schedule and under budget. Uh, to watch that thing, literally, it seemed like up, go up overnight. It, they've done it inside a year. Uh, the first year I moved here, they built the second tower at the palms and it was like you're kidding me i mean all of a sudden there was a skyscraper and then <laughs> they, they built t-mobile arena in a couple of years i mean and it's almost like time-lapse photography how fast and how good you know hey this place is known for staging events i got news for you. they know how to build things and they know how to build them fast too that's awesome. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. I, I probably kept you longer than I said I would when I reached out to, to you for the interview. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, can you do me a favor if you remember tomorrow, because I'll mention it on my show, if if there's a line, like a favorite and an over-under on the Eskimos-Lions big CFL game on Friday, can you check that for me tomorrow? Uh, if, well, we'll see how fast my fingers are. <laughs> Maybe I can check Check for you real quick. I'm just wondering if you can get that action on the Eskimos Lions in Vegas. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, the, the CFL is actually quite popular here. 
In fact, I have it. I'm on the phone with you. I have an app that, that would actually have the CFL numbers. No, I mean people are so starved for football. Uh, the CFL is quite popular on the wagering board here. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Brian, thanks for checking in. Uh, Vegas Hockey Hotline, uh, it's uh, KSHP 1400. I was on last week, so you can find that interview on the podcast as well, though we talked a lot of Def Leppard as well, which was pretty fun. Brian, thanks for checking in. Oh, boy, you and and Dana and your Def Leppard, I'm still living that one down. Thanks, Reed. Yeah, I can't wait to come on again. (laughs) See you soon, buddy. Really, you guys... All right. Have a good one, bud. All right. That's Brian Blessing, uh, Vegas Hockey Hotline. He is uh, a great guest to have on the show. Very entertaining, very knowledgeable, and uh, obviously very optimistic about the uh, the Golden Knights and their future down there. It's 6.50 inside sports on 6.30. Chet, someone texting in saying, I haven't been to Vegas in years, but definitely would take in one of those weekend deals if it included an Oilers-Golden Knights game. I'm sure that they will have that. Uh, the Big L, one of our more humorous texter says Reed I'm still disappointed they didn't call the team the Las Vegas Tassels uh, that's from the Big L we had some shows where we did like in the early stages of there even being a rumor of a team in Vegas we had some fun with team suggestions I think my famous uh, my, well one of my favorites was the Las Vegas slots right. because that had a hockey and gambling meaning but the one really good one was the Las Vegas strippers. Mm-hmm. After the the strip, they like to hang out on the strip. It's six fifty one. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Starts all going to the right side as Riley takes uh, the snap, rolls to the left side. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Corey Watson takes it to the end zone. Great yards after the catch for him after he made the reception, and the Eskimos get a little bit closer. Big part of the Eskimos' comeback last Thursday in Hamilton. They win it on a late Vidal Hazelton major, and they are 4-0 on the season. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Ched. The Blue Jays leading Oakland 4-1. That one is in the uh, top of the sixth. You'll hear from uh, Mike Riley, from Jason Moss as we move along tonight. Had a great interview with Jed Roberts last night on the show. The former Eskimo, 13 years, was in studio, and he said something in that interview that turns out to uh, apply to something that came out in the news today. So I want to get to that as well as we move along. Uh, Always a fun uh, summertime here in the city of Edmonton. Taste of Edmonton is going on. K-Days is going on. Don't call it Klondike Days. It's just K-Days, which is still better than calling it the capital X, but I'm not. the the, the K apparently stands for nothing. Uh, I'm a big Taste of Edmonton guy, and it's interesting because... Uh, I have uh, I have an aunt in Mississauga. It's my dad's sister, who a few years ago came out to visit, and it happened to be during Taste of Edmonton. So we all went together, my parents, uh, my aunt, and me. And my aunt just, like, fell in love with Taste of Edmonton. So now she comes every summer, and she comes specifically during Taste of Edmonton. That's She plans her trip around. We, I, there's a, the other family members to visit in Calgary, so she does half a week there. Uh, half a week here. So she came out for the start of of Taste of Edmonton. So basically, uh, for every meal, 
my parents just take her to Taste of Edmonton. And if I'm available, uh, I go along as well. So I wound up already going five or six times. And I still have some tickets left. So I'll, I'll still keep going. I want, like, I was walking. I went there for lunch today. And I was walking through the Taste of Edmonton site. And I thought, you know, I wonder, you know, like they'll do those, uh, what are they called, like Animal Planet or those Discovery Channel or, or National Geographic documentaries, you know, about animals hunting their food and their and their prey. Like I wonder if they did one on me at Taste of Edmonton. You know, it'd be that always that quiet voice, like Reed Wilkins is a 43-year-old Canadian male. He has no discernible abilities and very little intelligence, but he becomes a predator as he steps onto the Taste of Edmonton site in search of his latest meal. What food will befall his vicious bite as his tickets slowly turn in his fingers, ready to be spent on a drumstick, on pulled pork, perhaps a dessert? What will Mr. Wilkins consume next? It's something like that. Would people watch that? I don't know. People watched Phelps versus the Shark. Did you watch Phelps against the Shark, Kellen? No, but I heard about it. It's, it seemed it to be a little... It was a little, little disappointing. I wound up watching it. Uh, I saw the last 40 minutes. And we had a we had a member of the U of A Panda swim team on last week kind of to uh, talk about it and tell us how that monofin that he was going to wear. So basically... Uh, they he didn't I thought he would somehow race the shark like maybe they'd have a big cage dividing the lanes or something so they had the shark do basically a time trial and sharks don't swim generally in a straight line so they had to have one of those seal decoys pulled along so the shark would chase it in more or less a straight line over 100 meters and then Phelps later swam 100 meters and so for TV they superimposed the shark so you could kind of see how they how the race would progress. He lost to the shark. Uh, I think the best part of that was they Phelps and a couple other guys went in a shark cage next to a boat, and they had a camera inside the shark cage, and the sharks are coming right up and biting at the steel bars, and Phelps is in there, you know, just a, a few feet away from the shark. But uh, it was it was moderately interesting, uh, and, but the race was anticlimactic. I think that's how I would sum it up. We're coming up to the seven o'clock news. Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.